you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Jody Sweeten from the podcast How Rude, Tanneritos. I've been needing a quick getaway with my family, and the 2024 Hyundai Santa Fe is the perfect vehicle to take us there. It has standard third-row seating, so I'm able to pack my entire family, plus pets in the car, while also having enough room for our camping essentials. Available H-Track all-wheel drive will get us through any dirt trails, and available dual wireless charging pads will ensure we never have to worry about getting stuck with a dead phone in the middle of nowhere. Visit HyundaiUSA.com. Or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The Around the NFL podcast is in secret contract negotiations with Emma VP. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined by a room filled with heroes. Mark Sessler, Chris Wessling, and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? Hey, Dan. Yeah, Thursday show, last show of the quote-unquote quiet period for the Around the NFL podcast. It's time to crank, starting Monday morning, Mark. Get ready. The quiet period could not be any less or any more over than it is right now. The last 24 over. hours have it been utterly over. mad. Utterly mad. Um, let's focus on what really counts, though. Tonight <laughs> in Culver City, California. Primetime. It is the playoffs. Semifinals, and if we advance the championship game uh, for our softball league and our team, the Shield, and uh, it's been, as we talked about last week on the show, an extremely trying season for me, Skipper, and a very um, exciting season for the Rook, I call him, Pepper Spray, <laughs> Greg, who's uh, given us enthusiasm, a trying season on uh, an even more serious level for Chris Wessling. Playing through the big C? Are you kidding me? Well, you did it. You had that little C. Scare. I had little C. <laughs> I, I fought through that. Um, but I thought, you know, with the big games tonight, if we advance, we a doubleheader, and then uh, we defend the title, hopefully open it up to questions. Uh, real quick presser. I'll start with you, Mark. Go ahead. Well, if you do win this first playoff game and you have to play another round, another whole game after that, are you concerned about the consistency of this team being able to do that two games in a row? I'll, I'll defer to Greg on this one, who's also sitting with me at the dais. Well, wow, I'm taking <laughs> questions now. I think this is a team that, that likes pressure, that's going to step up. And you get to a bigger game, I think uh, the balls get bigger. Anybody else? Questions? Good athletes speak. Questions? Go ahead. Uh, second question. There's no other <laughs> journalist in the room who's aren't on the team. 
I, I would ask you this, Dan, if this goes well, yes. or if it goes particularly poorly, is this the end of your run as manager? It's very possible. It's a good question. Thanks for asking. Very possible uh, that this is the end for me, mm. uh, one way or the other. If, if the effort levels off, if people show up drunk or late, it could push me out the door. If we win and we have two titles in two years, then it's the old, what else do I have to prove? Uh, so there's a lot. I thought Wes very... Uh, he put it very well last week where there's a an uneasy mix of people that are there just to have fun and who cares, get drunk, you know, kind of pay attention to the game and people that really want to win. And, and have fun. And have fun. And that is that has led to uh, uh, something of a, a rift um, culminating with, I don't know if cameras caught it, I had an exchange with our pitcher uh, late in uh, last week's game that was not, not pleasant. We worked it out after the game, but uh, we worked through it. But it's been a tough year. Got time for one more. One more. I've got a statement, not a question. Statement? Let's, let's Chris Wessling, also at the dais. I'm changing something up. I am coaching the bases tonight. We won the tournament last year with base running. We go first to third on the shield. We do not stop at second base. Play we ball. go first to third. We cause the other team to throw the ball around. We take extra bases, and then we steal the game. Mm. Any any concern? I'll have a question. Yeah. Uh, any concern okay. that about 40% of our team doesn't know the basics of running bases, cutting bases, where to run after they get to one place, whether they can run when the ball's caught or like when to run? Any concerns about that? There is a concern. That's why I'm going to be right by the first base bag telling them, hey, look, do you see how much farther the right fielder is from third base than the left fielder? Mm. If the ball's hit the left field, you're going to stop at second. If the ball's hit the right field, you're standing up on third base easily. We've, we've got a lot going for us. You know, team speed isn't the first thing that that popped the top of the list. Pops to my mind. Well, but, but some people. I'm foregoing the pinch runner tonight. I'm going first to third. Mm. Something actually. I'm getting, have. I love it. Hey, hang on a second. I'm going second out of the box. Let's. I just get rid of those force outs. You, if you're a if you're a male player, you are on second base every time. Force outs will not happen. <laughs> what about the idea, Wes, that in your compromised state on some level right now? We want to make sure we get two full games out of you. Do we want you going first to third on a bouncer up the middle when it might cost us having you in the biggest point of the game in the final? Look, you got to go hard. There's only one way to play when the, when the games matter like this. What am I going to do, save it for August? I'll be having surgery. Mm. This is why it's hard. It's leadership. To right be here. a manager, and that's why it's great to have Chris Wessling on the Absolutely. I, I have one as an outsider, as a deep outsider. You coming to the game up, tonight? I'm coming, I'm coming to both of them because you're going to win the first one for sure, and I think you'll win the second. But – my biggest concern with this team, and it's lingering from last year, although you got over this issue, is a deep uh, alcohol and substance abuse uh, <laughs> you know, three, problems with, every, with, with many people on the roster. I'd say a third of the roster, and most of them female. It's a team strength. Most of a, lot of, a, lot of, yeah. a lot of females with alcohol and substance abuse issues on this team. Can we get over that? We have no testing methods uh, in our league. Um, as long as all this happens after the game, we'll be okay. So... I fully expect us to advance out of the semifinal round. In fact, I'll be bitterly disappointed mm. if we don't do that. The finals, listen, the team that we would play in the finals beat us by 15 runs last week. So we got an uphill climb, but I don't count out the shield. We didn't last year, and we hoisted the trophy. Yeah, trophy, this, is, so. this is like if we're looking for an NFL comparison, maybe the Barry Switzer Cowboys. Like a lot of was going on with those teams, <laughs> yeah. but in the end they were just kind of too talented and, and they put it together because they love uh, the big stage. We have a better chance this year. If you remember last year on this very podcast, I counted us out. I said that the number one seed was just flat out way better than us. Yeah. Any and any given Thursday is what they say. Um, anyway, today's show. I don't know. Uh, my focus isn't 
totally with the show. I'm thinking about the big game tonight. Uh, but we're going to do our best because we're professionals. And uh, we'll talk about what's going on across the NFL now that many teams, um, all teams, everybody's in camp now, right? It's a, it's a full deck now, right? Uh, there's still some teams showing Come on, up. Get to camp. Come on, Lions. Are you kidding me? Hey, <laughs> d- Lions, you want to <laughs> well, go up they're... higher in the pain rankings? Get to camp yeah. and show me you give a crap. In, in fairness, there are league rules. You can only show up a certain league amount rules. of days before your first preseason game. So the teams that have not shown up generally are the ones that happen to be starting that week one of the preseason later. Still show up okay. as early it's as a bad look for the Lions, no doubt about it. <laughs> it's kind of an extra day. In it's kind place. of unfair, though. I mean, why the Cowboys and the Cardinals get two extra weeks of you know practice well, compared to the Lions? It's unfair to play in the Hall of Fame game. Another chance yeah. for injuries. How about you know get the get the team together, Maddie Stafford, at, you know some park in Auburn <laughs> Hills. Just throw the ball around. Literally league rules. Do a couple of wind sprints. <laughs> what can they do? No, this is on their own time. Okay. okay, on their own time, on their own dime. Four and twelve. Um, <laughs> Uh, we're going to talk about some bad news in Baltimore. We're going to talk about, oh, boy, it's that time of year where we already – yeah. I'm not saying they're, they're already, um, you know, molten lava down there in the underpants area, <laughs> but we are looking ahead, spinning forward to see who could have some hot butt. Greg's least favorite around the NFL podcast. A lot of candidates already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not it's, not – it's not just me that it's the least favorite. I think a lot of right-minded listeners share my – Distaste for this sound effect, and, that, and just the phrase "hot butts" with a Z. If that guy was actually being, you know, singed, I would feel bad. But it's clearly just play acting. That's actually not true. <laughs> That's one of our seven-month employees that I tricked. <laughs> one of our old producers. Room. I said, "Hey, do you want to come up and be on the show?" We yeah. we took him to a basement and uh, <laughs> melted his butt. Sounds illegal. Anyway, grounds for termination. That's today's show, and uh, we're very lucky and excited to have behind the glass uh, moonlighting. She is Sheck's producer, at least right now, uh, <laughs> but today she's with us. She is the great Emma VP. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back. Yeah, it's very good to have it's you. It's our pleasure. Very, just have, you notice like the fun vibe in here? Everybody's, it's football, but it's friendship, yeah. and it's a lot of fun, too. Yeah, I definitely noticed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Emma yeah. told me that she is going to finally reveal publicly her favorite member of the show. I mean, I know privately who it is. And I agree with her decision, but it's going to go live on the air today. Yeah, I've said it to you, Mark, actually, a couple times. Nice so. tease. Yeah. yeah. Nice tease. Nice yeah, tease. Sorry. Uh, all right, let's do some news, Emma. Hey, heroes. Hope you don't mind me dropping in on the show. I just wanted to say I miss you guys. Sending all the love from Utah. Oh, yeah, Dan, let's do some news. Ooh, wow. my God. The great one woman Mount Rushmore, Lacid. No Too money. Much. Yeah, you want to see a room full of heroes' face, faces glow like little children at getting ice cream. I mean, this room was happy to hear that sound drop out of nowhere. I was We're, surprised. I didn't know it was coming. Yeah, it's you great to hear Sid and and uh, everything going well with her. Um, but now I don't want to take us straight from that high. But we got to go a little higher. Got to climb the tree, scale a few branches. We're headed into the Ravens' nest. <laughs> I mean, this is the worst news, basically, for the Ravens' nest. It's when the quarterbacks hurt, and that's the situation we got here. Joe Flacco will miss the first week of Baltimore's camp, preparing to miss three to six weeks with it's a disc issue in his back. Rap sheet and Tom Pelissero uh, both reported. Um, you look at the timetable there. That's 
uh, six weeks maximum, which would cost him regular season time potentially. Uh, Chris Wessling, we'll start with you on this one. Flacco has been, um, with the exception of that uh, ACL injury, a very durable quarterback. But the last thing you ever want to hear with any professional athlete is back and disc, and that's something that haunts you. How concerned should the Ravens be? Slightly. Three to six weeks is a pretty wide range. John Harbaugh pretty much downplayed the injury. Who knows? It could only take a week or two before he's feeling better. So I think this is a wait-and-see situation. Anytime you have a back injury and it's Joe Flacco and your primary backup is Ryan Mallett, I think it's very concerning. I mean, they, they guys like Flacco, they do everything they can to stay on the practice field. He's about as durable as it comes. So usually when they're downplaying this, I'm not believing it in general, especially at this time of year. And Colin Kaepernick now is a name that's floated. You said Ryan Mallett is in line to be the number one quarterback right now, which is something that cannot happen in 2017 NFL. Uh, so naturally, Colin Kaepernick's still a free agent, uh, has the ties to a Harbaugh brother when he had his glory days with Jim Harbaugh in San Francisco. John Harbaugh, the coach of the Ravens, spoke about the idea of Colin Kaepernick joining the Ravens' nest. You know, I've known Colin really you know, through my brother for many years, and uh, we've talked and then got to know him really well when they scrimmaged here, and he and I have been talking, you know, throughout the summer a number of times. Hmm. We've had some great conversations on the phone. I mean, it's really been a pleasure to talk to him and get to know him, and, you know, I like history and politics and stuff too, so, you know, we've had some debates, and it's been fun, and, uh, and he's a great guy, and uh, he's a guy right now that's, uh, that's uh, being talked about, and we'll just, we'll just see what happens with that. I think that's, uh, it'll all be speculation right now, but... Uh, but I think he's a really good football player. And as I said at the owner's meetings, I do believe he'll be playing in the National Football League this year. If John Harbaugh's telling the truth, that he believes Colin Kaepernick's a really good football player, if he has conversations, has a good relationship with him, his brother likes him, Mark, why shouldn't he be on the Ravens right now? I, I think that this has become the overtly most obvious landing spot for Colin Kaepernick. And you have to think the way coaches operate is it's relationships. It's relationships with players. You want to bring someone in at the quarterback position that you know, that you trust, and there's built-in trust with the Harbaugh brothers and Kaepernick. And John Harbaugh, I agree what he said also about politics and history, that he is the right kind of coach. He is a curious guy that I think would look at whatever you want to say about Kaepernick's worldview, which I think has been overtly slammed considering he does a ton of charity work and he, is re he really is an interesting guy, not some sort of pariah, that John Harbaugh fits with Kaepernick. And, and also it's a, it is a, gives you a chance to upgrade over Ryan Mallett. I mean, you have to address that position. The Major. season is over if it goes to Ryan Mallett. Major upgrade over Ryan Mallett. And who was calling the plays when Colin Kaepernick was going to the Super Bowl? One of Mark Sessler's best friends, Greg Roman. As who is both. now on the Ravens coaching staff. Managing the run game, really, uh, I think this makes a ton of sense. If, as Greg said, it's more than the, than the Flacco's injury is more than the Ravens are letting on, you have to get Kaepernick in there. You can't go through a season with Ryan Mount. Well, and you also there's there's a risk of re-injuring it. Yeah, yeah, maybe he's back on the field in a couple weeks, but what about when he starts taking hits? The biggest somebody shoot that Raven. Right, <laughs> get out of here. The the biggest reveal in the nest in that Harbaugh talk was that he's talked to. Kaepernick multiple times this offseason. Mm -hmm. That makes me wonder if they've kind of already talked about, hey, if you still haven't found a starting job that, that you really are looking for, or, you know, we'll see how things are looking like mid to late August. Maybe Kaepernick is kind of looking for a starting job. Hey, maybe it's something where we're not happy with our quarterbacks. That's a signing that could happen down the line. I, I thought it was interesting. One of the Ravens reporters pointed out, 
Harbaugh never talks about prospective free agents. So the fact that he went on and on about Kaepernick, I think indicates that he could be a Raven pretty soon. Everybody in the studio, Emma behind the glass, all the listeners, take a second. Can you picture Colin Kaepernick in a Ravens uniform? I can. Can I you can see too. it? It makes sense. You can picture him on the sideline with the uh, wool I mean, cap on. In a sense, his, his incompletion at the end of that Super Bowl helped the Ravens win a, win a Super Bowl title, so he's already beloved inside the building. <laughs> the least they can do. Uh, moving on, other Ravens Nest news. Uh, Kenneth Dick- Dixon, <laughs> the running back who suffered the meniscus tear. They didn't think it was going to be that bad an issue, but it turns out the second – Second year running back is expected to miss the entire 2017 season. He underwent surgery to repair his medial meniscus on Tuesday. Rap sheet reported. Uh, Harbaugh confirmed Wednesday that Dixon is is done for the year. Wes, what does this mean for the Ravens' depth chart at halfback? Well, he was set to miss the first four games already with a suspension, but he not only was going to compliment Terrence West, he's also a good receiver, so he's insurance for Danny Woodhead. He's probably their most versatile running back. And John Harbaugh said early this offseason he can be one of the top backs in the league. That's the kind of potential he had. But he's got to stay healthy. And last last season he had a hard time staying healthy too. I, I think you'll see the Ravens at some point go get another running back. Terrence uh, West and, Dan, and Danny Woodhead coming off a torn ACL is not a good backfield. This has been a very unlucky team when it comes to injuries, and they're starting off this season that way. The running game killed them last year. Well, their lack of faith in their own running game killed them last year. You know this is all trending towards? Greg Roman, assistant coach of the year. <laughs> it's all trending towards a lot of 18 to 17 wins with my boy, Justin Tucker, six for six. Just get inside the 50-yard line, and you're flying. I think these games will be more like 6-3. to three. This was 1972. They'd be in good shape. Uh, finally, in the Ravens' nest, John Urschel, the guard, just 26 years old. I'm going to shoot this bird with a bow and arrow. <laughs> he was. Can you do that? Do you have that ability? Yes, I do. Good. Uh, he was going to compete for a starting job, but instead— They taught you that at the, that camp you love. Going that's right. Through, right. Bow and arrow, <laughs> archery from long ranges. I can take anything out. And I hated camp. archery. I loved archery so much. blisters, and it's like— what really? We, there was always the crazy kid that was, you know, not aiming at the target and potentially could have put one in somebody's throat. I view it as an like, equalizer. Wasn't Gina Davis like some unreal archer? She was. Yeah. She is probably. Is, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Maybe she's declined a little bit. Gradual decline for Gina Davis in archery. Anyway, a, a, um, a doctoral candidate in mathematics at MIT. John Herschel, smart guy, very good at chess. Uh, Godspeed, uh, Johnny Boy. Yeah, RIP, all those uh, children he assassinated in the NFL commercial where he takes down 50 in chess at one time. Let's hop out of the Ravens' nest, please. For the love of God, moving on. Hey, Mike Glennon is a starting quarterback. You would think that this wouldn't need to be announced considering he got almost $19 million in guaranteed money in his last free agent deal. But, of course, with the Mitch Trubisky shocker on draft day, some people thought maybe Mike might not even start. However... Bears general manager Ryan Pace said Wednesday uh, via the Chicago Tribune that Mike Glennon is our starting quarterback. But Greg Rosenthal, for how long? I think it's going to be for a long time because, A, I believe Mike Glennon's pretty good, going to be better than people think. And then, B, Trubisky doesn't seem like a guy that's going to be ready. And we haven't heard much about Trubisky. The Bears are really off the radar as much as an organization as I can ever remember. They – like last year at this time, we're hearing a lot. Of, how did Jared Goff look in the offseason? Like we, for all we know, Trubisky doesn't look like he's ready, and that's why they're so confident we don't even need a competition right now. Why? Why even put that out there? Yeah, I think when you see the updates from offseason practices, that 
look, we're happy with Trubisky. He knows how to run a huddle now. Like, that's how – he had to learn how to run a huddle. So he's way behind the eight ball. And it's not just that that Ryan Pace said unequivocally that Mike Glenn is a starter. The other takeaway from this is that Trubisky's behind Mark Sanchez. He's right. Not, he's not even number two on the depth chart. Is he, though, really? Sanchez is entering camp as a number two quarterback, and it wouldn't surprise me if he leaves camp as the number two. You didn't answer me, by the way, Greg. How long will uh, will Mike Lennon be the starting quarterback? I'm going to say 13 games. Okay, one of those deals. Yeah, that that they'll wait. Even if they're not having a good season, they're going to wait till the to the end to just give Trubisky a little four and nine. Yeah. He's starting. They'll want to see a starter too to to see what their plans are for next season. Uh, in other quarterback news, yeah, boy, Mark Sessler, Cody Kessler uh, will start with the first team. Um, or started with the first team offense for the Browns uh, on Thursday. Hugh Jackson had confirmed this, uh, saying Cody Kessler will walk out there first. Hugh said, according to the Plain Dealer, he deserves a chance to walk out there first. Does he deserve it? Does he? It's a very tedious aspect to the start of training camp where there's all these breathless reports about which of in these so-called quarterback battles where there's clearly no clear starter or maybe even anyone of starting caliber talent, that so-and-so is going to get the first snaps, but then the next comment is we're going to rotate. And all they're doing is rotating it so far. Kessler and Deshaun Kaiser, and it's Brock Osweiler, Greg's cut candidate, who's taking snaps with the twos so far. And Mark, I think you put it well in your write-up on NFL.com. Uh, you know, Brock Osweiler in the mix, obviously. You wouldn't be surprised to see Osweiler starting week one or – be released entirely. That's how wide open things are. I don't even remember writing that article at this point. In Berea. I thought it was interesting that the Akron Beacon Journal expects Deshaun Kaiser to be the starting Acro Beacon. That would be my pick, too, to be honest. Unless he unless he shows himself to be not ready at all. Because you have to, if you're going right. to go into next year's draft and you're probably going to pick a quarterback again, you've got to find a way to see. You know what Cody Kessler is. You've got to find a way to see Kaiser. And it's interesting. They're not even trying to pretend to use the first team snaps, at least so far, on Osweiler. Because they know long-term they're invested in Kessler. Even even if Kessler's not starting for this team or ever, he's got a four-year contract. He could be a long-term backup. Like they're, they're spending all their energy on the other two guys. He could be in the league for 10 to 12 years. Yeah. And uh, down in Houston, uh, Brock Osweiler's former home, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, coming off a down year with terrible quarterbacks around him. That was the case the year before as well. But things got really grim. Uh, with Brock in town last year. Now there is some hope for the wide receiver who believes in both Tom Savage and first-round pick Tom Watson. Uh, here's what Hopkins had to say on NFL Network's Inside Training Camp Live. Very eager, very eager. Uh, you know, my whole career, uh, I think I played with the most quarterbacks through, uh, throughout any wide receiver career through my first four years. Uh, you know, so I've never had a stability at quarterback to be able to build chemistry back-to-back uh, -back years. Uh, you know, so to have two guys like that in, in the locker room that I know can be franchise quarterbacks, uh, it's a great feeling. Wow, Wes. He is certain that Tom Savage could be a franchise quarterback, or is that just lip service? It's like uh, Eddie Murphy and Raw when he talks about being in jail, and he gets out and he eats crackers, and it's like the best crackers he's ever had. It's like it's like eating a filet mignon because you've been in jail. <laughs> he had Brock Osweiler last let's, year. I'm sure Tom Savage. You're calling Tom Savage a cracker. No, I'm calling Brock Osweiler. Yeah, well, let's t tone down the race stuff, Wes. Oh, well, and Greg. <laughs> and Greg. Greg made the connect. Greg connected those dots. I thought Wes oh. was being open about it, and Greg was just. Getting <laughs> I view Greg as the one who connected the dots, roughly, ah, and that's okay. I me. misread the situation. Then Greg, stop being racist. 
That's uh, the first time today anyone's accused me of that. <laughs> hey, the Bills traded Cardell Jones. Sorry, Rex Ryan, that didn't work out. Uh, to the uh, Los Angeles Chargers in exchange for a conditional draft pick. Buffalo announced it on Wednesday. Um, I shouldn't say Rex. I should say Doug Whaley was a big Cardell Jones fan. Chris Wessling. And now Doug's gone. Rex is gone. And now Jonesy's gone, too. Well, he's going to play for his biggest fan in the NFL, Anthony Lynn, who was in Buffalo last year and raved about Cardell Jones, said this is the kind of guy you want waiting in the on the runway behind your starter. So okay. Anthony Lynn obviously believes Cardell Jones is the Wait, ideal. Does that mean the plane is taking off without him? <laughs> Which pro- I think probably might not be the terrible thing as well. I think Counterpoint. He's going to rev him up. Well, it's clear disrespect for – our boy, Mike Bercovici, who, it is. who Wes hey. has done extensive tape study on <laughs> and thinks highly of. I don't appreciate what's happening here at all. What's wrong with this jukebox? That's Bercovici? That, uh, yeah. that people love trades, though, and, and Ohio State former quarterbacks because uh, you know, there was probably a lot of work being put into all the features and various things on our redesigned website yesterday. By far the most popular story on NFL.com, Bill's trade Cardell Jones. Trades Written by needle. Chris Wesseling. Wes moves the needle and trades move the needle. <laughs> and when these things combine, hot combo. it is explosive. Uh, bad news for RG3, I would think, who got a workout with the Chargers and then they traded uh, for Cardell Jones. So... Sorry, He's got to hope for some. Why do you? Why are you sorry to me? I'm not former Browns legend. That's <laughs> there's like 80 Browns. former Browns quarterbacks floating through the league. I mean, he's RG3 needs to hope for a litany of injuries to occur under center, That's and also fair. for a career epiphany. Um, help also. Finally, in this portion of the news, Julio Jones is one hundred thousand um, dollars poorer. I feel like that's not accurate because he's still rich, but he's got. He's missing goods. Put it that way. He takes a jet ski out uh, in Lake Lanier in Georgia. Are you familiar with Lake Lanier West? Is some I know where place? it is. <laughs> a a Tybee off the coast of Georgia there. Anyway, he's zipping around on his jet ski. And not, you know, I, hey, people are sleeping on jet skis. Oh, stop. They're Come obnoxious. <laughs> you want to feel free. You get out on a lake and you just you go on that jet ski. You don't be you know, you don't be a jerk about it. You don't get in people's lanes and do like playboy moves when you're wearing your Oakleys and stuff. No. You just get out into that open water. Jet skis are the free. Donald Trump of when, watercraft. When is the last time you've done you did this, Dan? Um my father in law used to have one uh before he sold it. And I, it was the only time I truly felt free. It was interesting. Remember want, little Debbie floating around on You wanna feel on free tie a huge rope around yourself or whatever is happening on jet skis. Are you aware of what a I jet ski is? I'm just saying you're no, holding you – you're not free. Well, you hold on to Yeah, you're holding on. You're not tied. It would never be a good idea on a moving motorboat <laughs> to tie a rope around your body. Just <laughs> I thought you were talking about – were you thinking it was like a tube that was tied no, to a no, boat? No, I'm no, thinking, I'm thinking, you know, you're You saying, can let go when you want. Yeah. That's freedom in essence. You can let go whenever you feel – the need. Anyway, I'm pounding the tail for jet skis. Get <laughs> off surprised. my back. Whatever. I'm surprised. Anyway, yeah, um, no, it's nice. They're nice machines. But Julio Jones, he got he went into a, a boat wake. Major mistake. Got to be careful. Um, also wanted to decrease your acceleration when coming under a, an overpass situation with the bridge. There's a lot of different rules. And do not ingest alcohol. Boat police are all over the place. Any, anybody who has jet ski questions, come to me. Moving forward. Julio Jones. Anybody have jet ski questions? I think you've solved our curiosity. He gets knocked off the vessel, popped up, 
he was okay, thank, thankfully, but his $100,000 earring floated to the or sunk to the bottom of this lake. He hired two divers uh, to search for it. No luck so far, mm. and um, that's a tough way to lose a, a very expensive piece of jewelry. Anybody ever lose anything like super valuable in a stupid way? Trying to think. I lost my car for two days, but that was that was. An, I don't understand buying a hundred thousand dollar piece of hundred thousand dollar ear. Hundred thousand dollars for a shiny object. You better trust those divers too, because you're paying those divers, and it's just very like, good point. And the divers are coming. Nope, didn't find anything. Not, not today. <laughs> like, Meanwhile, they they show up in like a Rolls Royce for day four of the search. Like there's just like lobster dinners coming out of their car window. <laughs> uh, we got some more news to get to, but we got to speed up. So it's time for a little bit of eight o'clock delight. Le'Veon Bell did not show up for the opening of Pittsburgh Steelers training camp. He's playing under that, that uh, franchise tag. Is this a problem, Greg? Not at all. Be there when it matters. All right. Devontae Booker is heading to the pup for the Denver Broncos. Uh, he has a wrist injury, suffered back in minicamp. You like Booker, Wes? I didn't like what I saw of him last year. He was very underwhelming, and C.J. Anderson, in my opinion, was locked in as the starter. Everson Griffin getting paid once again. The defensive end signed a four-year, $58 million extension. That includes $34 million in guarantees, according to Rap Sheet. Uh, this means I'm a bike for life, Griffin said. Greg, you got paid again. Yeah, it's a rare player that gets two monster contract extensions from the same team in the same career. Says a lot about how they view him. Uh, the Jets claimed Lucky Whitehead off waivers after the Cowboys released him under controversial circumstances. Uh, Mark, did you like all of the different plays on words about the Jets finally getting lucky on Twitter? Very. It's an awful week on Twitter to begin with, and that might have been the, the height of the ugliness. John Ross, the Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver that they're expecting a lot from this year, remains sidelined as they open training camp with, and is still, quote, a couple weeks away. That doesn't sound good, Mark. Ah, I'm not worried about it yet. <laughs> Should I be? As a Browns fan or just well. This is, As a Browns fan especially, but no, I think he, you know. Let's, this is different than Le'Veon Bell. He doesn't know the offense. He's literally never practiced. In the yeah, NFL. he's never practiced with the Bengals. Want to rethink this, Mark? How nervous. I personally am not worried about it. Should the <laughs> Bengals be? I think they should be. You ask my concern level, it's low. Okay, just in general, when I ask those type of questions. Project to, uh, the, onto the, thought, the, the thoughts yeah. of the team. Okay, of The I, fan sorry. base, the team management, all that, the coaching staff. Anyway, uh, who has the number one hottest selling jersey in football? There's no way you're going to guess unless you're reading the end around. James Conner, the third-round uh, pick running back out of the University of Pittsburgh, that is now top Tom Brady, Chris Wessling, and and, and, and Wes. A uh, big reason why the man overcame, beat cancer, returned to the football field, and then got drafted by his hometown team. How about you getting drafted by the Bengals after your surgery? No, like that. No, thanks. <laughs> I, I don't know. I think that's a heartwarming story, though, because in a time where – this country can't seem to agree on anything and has been pretty their vitriol has been flying the support for people battling cancer i mean is almost universal and it shows that we can come together and support someone who needs it nice macro viewpoint west finally philip rivers to commute from san diego this season uh that could be an hour and a half commute each way finish it off mark quick 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 i think it's awful it's terrible if i had to do that every day as a quarterback i'd go nuts but he's in some sort of quarterback car where you yeah. have like he's able to study film with a driver driving him. Still, it's it's an hour and a half. He lives in Rancho Santa Fe. It's a rotten idea. It's it's troubling. 
Well, you have to move your whole family. They're not in L.A. They're in Costa Mesa, which is Orange County. So so he's not going all the way up to L.A. You can watch some film on the way to work. That's, that makes sense. He's been sheltered in San Diego. Wait till he has to deal with LA, L.A. freeway trip. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what else? What happens? He He's admitting this is a trial balloon. Yeah. What happens when he cannot take it? And the traffic's brutal, and he doesn't like his mobile car device with all the, the televisions. He can't get a good internet connection. He can't get any work done. And he still doesn't want to move the kids from San Diego. Then what, Mark? And I'm telling you, it is an absolute disaster on the family front. The charges yeah. will be 0-5 by the time this trial balloon sinks into the, into the ground. It's easy for you to say, try to move a family with eight kids. Well, if you, you know, have eight children, you've got you've to put the stuff into Now we're just vamping to time the end of the song, if anyone has noticed. Yeah, like, it's hard commuting in Southern California. He's a multi-millionaire, and the team will move him <laughs> for him. That's absolutely yep. right. Hey, that's true. The, the team will work with him well. <laughs> I think automobiles are a great thing. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> that was 8 o'clock delight. All right. New Era's NFL training collection has a great combination of innovative performance and style with features like UV protection, moisture wicking, and cooling technology. There's no reason you shouldn't make the New Era NFL training collection a part of your daily attire. That's every day. Available at retailers like Lids, NFLshop.com, and Dick's Sporting Goods. We see you uh, in your favorite team. Okay. Now. Can I say one thing there? Yes. When we're when we it's using the Me Undies song yeah. for this, I love all these sponsors, but it's like you had a girlfriend, you had a song with her, and then you get a new girlfriend, you're trying to recreate the same thing. That was the Me Undies song. I have a new outlook on the sponsors. We love our sponsors, but don't get too close. Just don't well, overthink it. Is that the same outlook you have for producers? That, no, there's there's a producer that I definitely <laughs> want. And I and if we can procure this person you know we'd be very happy is she in this room not in this room no is she behind the glass <laughs> i will say nothing else but very talented a lot of talented people in this building a vicious coup d'etat will take place <laughs> <laughs> um all right now how you doing by the way emma unrelated oh i'm Come doing on. really well things are it's a good show so far is it fun is it kind of loose in terms of how it's like oh it's almost like hanging out with your your friends yeah just to cut my pals you know yeah, hanging yeah, out with yeah. the guys yeah, it's almost not work <laughs> in a way right yeah very rewarding also on all on all fronts yeah, yeah. make some good points a lot, a lot of good points uh, did you notice when i, I mean, said it does, yeah it doesn't feel like work when it's fun yeah yeah, yeah. yeah you're right <laughs> I think Emma's picking up on the same thing. Did you notice, Emma, when I sent out the budget for today's show, really nice headshot of you that I dug up on Google. Yeah. Just show my appreciation that you're working with us today. Yeah, I appreciate that. Slightly embarrassing headshot, but. I, I think you look nice. Did you get my fruit basket? No. <laughs> no. Okay. Still waiting on that. Okay. Hot butt talk. Yep. It's never too soon to talk about a hot butt, especially in the NFL uh, where ask Jeff, ask Jeff Fisher, who's. You know, began the 2016 season coaching the Los Angeles football franchise, and he ended it holding a, a puppy and an, a woman he picked up at the supermarket just to be his friend, a mom of some kind, well, that's waving, pitch, yeah. waving at the team bus as it rolled away to Seattle for another slaughter fest. I want the video of, like, 
you know, Alec Ogletree or, or what some of the players being like, wait a second, is that Jeff? What is he doing there? Like, I want the cameras that have that. How about the guys that weren't paying attention in the meeting and had no idea Jeff Fisher was fired, and then they see him waving? Probably a bit of a trip. Anyway. Hot butts. All right, we're going to go around the uh, room a couple times and um, uh, talk about uh, coaches, GMs, what have you, that could find themselves in legitimate danger of losing their jobs. This is Greg jokes around about like he doesn't like the sound of a burning butt. He jokes about that, but the other thing Greg doesn't like, he gets uncomfortable when he ever, whenever it feels like we might be talking about these people losing jobs in a way that's too flippant. Greg is very respectful. He's moving his way up the, the ladder. And once you go to the TV side, you be, become a lot more kind of straight-laced with that stuff. And that's where that's why Greg is kind of caught in this in-between man without a country place right Didn't, now. That's not true at all. Did, <laughs> did you did, – weren't we just talking last episode about how sort of like it humanized the person like, you know, Rob Boris or whatever that you realize, yeah. like, you know, these are people with issues. It's not so much I'm uncomfortable. It's also, you know, right before training camp starts yeah, yeah, that yeah. we're talking hot butts. It's like the season hasn't even started and we're trying to fire. But how many players. coaches were fired last year? There are a few, right? It's been an average of six a year, I believe, yeah. lately. But even in season, there's always a couple, yeah. at least, I feel like. One so or two, usually. We're going to talk about – we're not saying all these coaches we expect them to be fired, but there is a decent chance, uh, you know, one to three of these names actually will get banged in the end. <laughs> Do we they don't have to be coaches? No. Okay. No. You go anywhere you want, Wes. I'm going to Mark's corner. Ooh, you're flying. Okay. Mark, are you okay with him going to your corner? Absolutely. All right, let's start with Mark, though, on this. Okay, I don't even know what it is. I thought he had the fantasy corner. This is a different corner he has. <laughs> is, it, uh, is it a coordinator corner? This is Mark's caddy corner. Health food? <laughs> I cannot wait to find out what corner this is. All right, let's hurry up and get to Wes. We'll start with Mark, though. Oh, I'll go real quick then. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I look at Chicago because I, I think with John Fox and Ryan Pace, I, you can act all you want about how you know John Fox says he loves what he has with his team right now. I think that this year – you see what you get out of the Bears, but it, it, you know if Mitch Trubisky is going to be your starter next year, then you have to rethink entirely how this team runs itself. And John Fox is not the guy I want to groom a rookie quarterback or anyone on his staff. Frankly, I, I honestly think that the Bears could finish about three and thirteen or four and twelve this year. I don't think that Pace and John Fox are necessarily best buds on any level either after what happened with the draft and just whispers coming out of the draft that there's unrest on that team. And John Fox is not going to be the best candidate out there if a few really great other options come up at this point. So I think Chicago is going to have a major reshuffling by the end of the season. He left himself (gasps) without... I do not wish that to happen to John Fox. Not flippant at all. He left himself without any excuses whatsoever when he said how strong he believes his roster is. That means he believes Ryan Pace did his job. The whole John Fox thing is like, I'm going to take your lack of talent and we're going to play hard and we're going to overachieve even if we're not the greatest team in the world. So if he doesn't deliver that, I think you're right. I think if we were in... You know, a city in the desert where uh, mm. your consigliere <clears throat> friend uh, Wes works, Mr. Rack. I I would guess. I don't know if they have wage. I don't know if they have things like this, but uh, I would say John Fox has got to be the most likely guy to not have his job next year. He would be on the top of the list. Mark hit a home run. That's a good choice. Hey, Mark, way to get going, baby. <laughs> Maybe not a daring choice, but the one that if I, you didn't I bring it sense. up. I wanted to get on base. Yeah, we and you and you did more than that. You went all the way around the bases. <laughs> Just like Greg in the bottom of the seventh tonight in the finals. I want that. 
I want strike I want three. You're out, Wes. We're going to coordinator caddy corner. I knew it. I knew it was coordinator. Like it. Go ahead. This guy just entered the league, and he's already on the hot seat. Steve Sarkeesian, the Falcons' yeah. offensive coordinator. Seat could not be any hotter. They are loaded with talent. But Kyle Shanahan maximized that talent. Nobody gets receivers more open, more consistently than Kyle Shanahan. We saw that last year. Can Steve Sarkeesian draw up plays can he dial in the offense? Does he know the right combination? Can he work with Matt Ryan? Can he work with the receivers? Can he use the same zone running scheme to the same effect as Kyle Shanahan? I think he's under the microscope as much as anyone this year. It's a great call. I mean, can he be a good pro coach? I think if he was a head coach, everyone would say, this guy doesn't have any pro experience at all, and that would be a legitimate claim. And yet, he, you know, it's just as important for a coordinator, especially under a defensive coach, where he's basically running that side. And there are coordinators, offensive coordinators, that are great at game planning the week going into the game. And then there are in-game masters like Shanahan. And to have suddenly switched to someone with no pro play calling experience in tough situations, I mean, I, this is a tough call to take over the best offense. I honestly wonder if there's a scenario by the end of the year where people are saying Atlanta's defense has gotten them farther this year than their offense if things don't go right. And making the leaps, Atlanta Falcons. That's defense. right. How that's, about that? That's true. But And you know what? Like, Mark, you were kind of hitting on it there, and it goes all walks of life. You never want to replace the guy. You want to replace the guy who replaced the guy. So if something goes wrong with the Falcons this year, and there is that Super Bowl hangover, and the defense doesn't make the leap, and the offense comes down to earth, and they go 8-8 eight and eight in their new building, and everyone's bitterly disappointed, and, and they, they're not going to fire the head coach. They like the head coach a lot. Uh, I could see the O coordinator going, especially if he rubs some people the wrong way, which it seems like he does. Then he got like – I don't know anything about college football. I tend to watch the, the Final Four, but didn't he get like benched in the championship game calling plays? Did he take? The- I thought Lane Kiffin took over or something. Yeah, he he essentially. I don't know. It was confusing whether he lost the job or whether he was already his loyalties were divided. So they just decided to move on, or they were annoyed how he handled moving on to to Atlanta. So yes, he, he did get benched. Some, essentially. Yeah, something what? bad happened. Anyway, I think that's a, that's a good one. Two for two. Moving on, uh, Greg. I hope I'm not stepping on your toes here because I know you like to cover this beat, considering your college roots. But I want to talk about Sean Payton. Did I step on you? No. Okay, good. Um, and, Greg, uh, Mark, I know the Loomis and the, the structure of the Saints are on your radar, and as they should be. Their their loyalties seem to be divided between the Pelicans. Oh, they, so didn't they do something recently, too? It's a, a too? joint press conference about the, the, the Saints and the Pelicans. Yeah, Saints-Pelicans press conference. They're trying to save – Money on refreshments and you know cookies that you provide at the press conference. Let's just do Pelicans <laughs> and Saints together. I don't know if they're going to win a Super Bowl until they they got a Ricky main. Dink operation or they run. Yeah, we're going to see Drew Brees playing point guard uh, in uh, in January this year. But <laughs> I think I think at a certain point it it's just time, right? And Peyton's been there since 2006. That is a long ass time in the NFL to be anywhere and. You win a Super Bowl, um, and that gives you a lot of rope. But that Super Bowl is 2009, and it is now 2017, and we we have a lot of fun with Jeff, Jeff Fisher. But guess who's gone, gone seven and nine last three years and four out of the last five? It's Sean Payton. So if they do that again and regress further, you get the feeling it could be a situation where both sides want a fresh start because you're just – you're spinning your wheels, and ownership has to be getting 
very anxious at this point. Sean Payton knows his quarterback's not getting any younger and he's not getting any closer, and maybe he thinks there's a better job with a, a, a brighter future ahead. I think another bad year uh, by the Saints, especially one that goes off the rails a little bit in the first half or something like that, and we could see a change. Maybe not in season, mm. but something that we could see a change. Someone help me. I, I'm still alive, only I'm very badly burned. It's respectful. That, yeah, that's not respectful. <laughs> Sean uh, Payton, I think that all makes sense in most situations. But then I think of who's the owner, what's the team. He is signed through 2020, uh, making more than, I think, $8 million a year. He famously brought that contract in a briefcase to the senior bowl. <laughs> <laughs> well, to the, it was the owners' meeting. Oh, the he owners was, he was prancing Sorry. around with this with this like leather case and finally announced his unsigned contract. Right. So I I think it's been I think Sean Payton's been a great coach for them and great for that city. But I think it's been really underhanded how he's been looking for other jobs at the end of each of the last two seasons and. And he throws reporters under the bus, but we know what he's doing. There's these reports out there. He's sniffing around. At this point, I don't think he can get another uh, team to be paying him that much money. So it starts getting confused. Like, I don't think another team's going to trade for it. It's just this weird stare down where I just think they're stuck together. I think if you're the Saints, you have to have a candidate out there that you believe is instantly better than Sean Payton, which is not Sean Payton. Right. What he's good at, the Saints are good at. Well, it's interesting, too, because Drew Brees' contract is up, too. And and maybe Sean Payton and Drew Brees are just a package deal at this point, whereas if, if Drew Brees moves on, maybe that's the end of Sean Payton there. I don't know. I don't want to step on anybody's toes uh, if you have a banger for this, but I, a lot of there's been many years where Payton's been connected to the Cowboys. I wonder if there's a possibility a job opening could happen there if the Cowboys really disappoint this year. Or, but, and Garrett going to New Orleans. You could see them flipping, potentially. Hmm. All right. Greg? Talk about the Indianapolis Colts. Whenever yes. a new GM comes in uh, that makes a lot of changes, generally the head coach getting uh, losing his job is not too far behind. I think Chuck Pagano is in a really tough spot here. Uh, Chris Ballard, of course, got this job after they had already decided to keep Pagano. I think they obviously want to make it work, but he's a defensive coach who's never had a particularly good defense, and they could have eight or nine or even ten new starters on defense. And if that defense doesn't get better in a hurry, I think Jim Ursay and Ballard could look for a guy that they could choose together anew. And Ursay, over and over this offseason, has verbally praised Ballard. He really feels like he hit a home run with his GM pick. So if if, the, if there isn't any sort of an issue where the Colts feel like Andrew Luck's career is washing away before our eyes, we need to get someone in here that can maximize this offense that I think he's in hot. Pagano would be in big hot water. He's been given a long enough leash. Right. What's your favorite type of frog? <laughs> That's one of Chris Ballard's, you know, favorite questions to ask. Uh, People keep on, I see on the subreddit, like, what is that all about? I don't know. Maybe you just had to be there. I can't tell you. Some of these things, they, there's no hard and fast answer. Maybe Greg has it, but I, I don't. No, I, I think you said it well. It's interesting that you both reached the same conclusion, though, but you can't put your finger on what it is exactly. I still remember it. We were, uh, we watched at the Combine. We watched Ballard's first press conference, and we made the walk, uh, the cold walk in Indianapolis, the cold rainy walk that day from the little interview center uh, back to, like, our, our stations. And we both just walking on that Indy street and be like, what's going on there? <laughs> anyway. Want to move on? I think we should. 
All right. One more round. Let's go, Mark. Similar situation in Detroit where I think if you're Jim Caldwell and you're paired with Bob Quinn, who's, you know, really respected inside that building general manager who probably wants at some point to have his pick of head coach if the Lions crashed and burned, which I don't think is beyond the realm of imagination that they – you know, go six and ten or something. Wow, they that, just got two more wins than you predicted at the I'm beginning thinking, of the that's, show. I'm that's my hey, ceiling for them. Trending and, in the right direction. Ceiling. Jim Caldwell. I mean, Jim Caldwell is is someone that I think I'm surprised that he was given a chance to come back as coach last season. And so I just I don't know if this if this is going to continue on unless they really overachieve. And that really overachieving and Jim Caldwell are not two things that I often pair together in my mind. Don't you think he overachieved last year? I felt like he did. He made the playoffs with smoke and mirrors. By the way. I just don't think that – I think if you're Bob Quinn and you're really looking at what your team was, it's not on Jim Caldwell, but your team has a long way to go. And is Jim Caldwell the guy you want to sign up to go through this journey with? Nothing exciting about Jim Caldwell. I think it's a good choice, Mark. Both your choices, it's kind of like choked up on the bat a little bit and just slapped singles, maybe beat it out for double. Very safe, but also Just good trying ones. to be productive today. Yeah, very good. <laughs> Both of them. Vaguely I will say productive. this, and, and I, I should have had the lines higher up in the pain rankings. I understand that now. One playoff win since 1958. Now, did they win a playoff game in, in, in Caldwell's three years? No, but they've been to the playoffs twice. And I know they backed in last year, but they went 11-5 and five in his first year and should have beat the Cowboys. Yes, they should. Uh, they got robbed in that game. Uh, so he could have been uh, in the divisional playoffs. That's the best Lions team what in a long should've. time. I will just say, I just think it, I think for me, it's the, it's the, G, the hand-picked GM to come in and want, wanting his own coach to pair with. Maybe that would be Matt Patricia. Maybe that would be someone from his past that he really wants to – you know, build a legacy with Josh McDaniels. Doesn't it feel yeah. like, though, Caldwell, everyone, the instant the hire was made, hated it. And on some level, he's overperformed to this point. He's 27 and 21 in as, this the coach scenario, of the, as the coach of the Lions. In this scenario, though, they have a disastrous season. Okay. Four to six wins. I got it. I'm with you. They go nine and seven. I don't think this comes true. Wes? Well, I wanted to go quarterback and – a couple of veterans immediately jumped to mind. Alex Smith and Eli Manning are on the hot seat. But I think the hottest seat among all quarterbacks belongs to Blake Bortles. And Doug Marone said the other day, we are raising expectations for these for this guy, which, you know, if that's the case, why didn't you bring in someone to compete with him if, if you're raising expectations? But I know the Titans are now the default pick in that division. The Jaguars and Texans have playoff rosters. With the with the exception of the quarterback, I think the Jaguars' lost roster is now pretty loaded, and if Leonard Fournette is what we think he is, this team can go pretty far if Blake Bortles is an average quarterback. But if he's not even average, if his if he can't fix his mechanics, I mean, basically they'll have to write him off like they wrote off Blaine Gabbert. How about the? I think that's definitely fair. How about the Jaguars in general, from the quarterback to the the current coach to the GM? A potential total sweep out if, and it's all kind of on Bortles improving in a, in a lot of ways. Under Coughlin, though, you're saying he would remain. right. That Coughlin is essentially, you know, cooking the flames here for an entire organization that's been yeah. given a long rope uh, with a total lack of success. I mean, they, no team has lost more games over the last five years except for the Browns. Is that true? It's true. Why is that shocking? I mean, it seems like that would be the team that would have yeah. lost more games. Don't they go four and twelve every year? Right, yeah. that's the thing. They not have no, they have no six win. They have not had a six win season. 
I don't believe since like Jack the second to last Jack Del Rio year. <laughs> what? It's crazy. And that's a horrible season. That's off the top wins. of my head. I got the start. NFL. It's rigged so the bad teams can get better every year. I mean, six wins should not be that that high a bar. Let's look. Um, yeah, I'm right. Uh, they're eight and eight in 2010 under Del Rio. Uh, and they since then they've won five, two, four, three, five, three. That's hideous. Well, the last that, we, that's bad. The last head coach when he got fired, uh, Gus Bradley. There was that famous stat that Bill Belichick would have to lose like a hundred straight <laughs> games to equal his losing percentage. Uh, Bradley's it was like two hundred and fifty. Yeah, it was probably more something. than that. Whatever it was. Um, I will go with a team that a Ooh, lot man. some people will say in the AFC South. This is an ugly page. I don't want to interrupt. Yeah. But there were two straight seasons where their leading passer was Chad Henney and their leading receiver was Cecil Shorts. I mean, that's just it's bad. Sorry. Save for the Jaguars suck podcast. <laughs> um, I'll stay in the AFC South. Talk about Bill O'Brien. Uh, wow. Who a lot of people, and I think it's fair to say, he's had his issues managing the quarterback room. Uh, but it's kind of a chicken salad. Chicken. Uh, chicken. What is it? Chicken S. Making chicken salad out of chicken S. Yes. He's not been put in a position to have a quarterback to believe in at this point. Maybe he does this year, but it's still a rookie quarterback. And I will point to maybe we forget now, uh, or the football cognoscenti has forgotten. But there was speculation that Bill O'Brien was leaving Houston last season uh, because of some internal squabbles. What happens this year if Tom Savage, I'm sorry, DeAndre Hopkins, isn't a franchise-type quarterback? In fact, if Tom Savage stinks which I think everybody thinks could happen potentially. And if Deshaun Watson simply isn't ready, and then you have ownership uh, that is not prepared to wait, ownership that still thinks it's a team that's uh, one heartbeat away, well, that would mean someone died, ownership that thinks that they are just one uh, wave of success, something turning their way from being able to go toe-to-toe with the, with the Patriots, I believe there is a, a, an issue going on between the coach and the front office there. And if this, sees, if this team underperforms, I think O'Brien, he's kind of a volatile guy. I gained respect from him watching Hard Knocks, but I think he's a guy that probably rubs some people the wrong way and could see him getting into some spirited arguments in a big spot. Uh, I think O'Brien could be in deep trouble if this team underperforms, which I think is very possible. Hmm. So, only thing I'd say is he's won 27 27- regular season games in three years with Ryan Fitzpatrick, Brian Hoyer, Ryan Mallett, and Brock Osweiler. Now, he also famously called some of those quarterbacks completely competent and ready to be their starters, and they shouldn't be disrespected. But I think oh, the overall product under O'Brien has been yeah, solid. Well, I think he's been great, but there ha- there were multiple reports at the end of last season that he would either quit or get fired. That, that I think something was, why is there. the GM so bulletproof in Houston? I think it was about, and I remember that report. It was from Ian Rappaport, who really started it, our NFL Network insider, who said coaching coach needy teams are waiting to see what happens with Bill O'Brien. And it sure felt like it was Bill O'Brien that was maybe thinking about trying to push his way out. So, yeah, something's weird there. One more interesting thing about this situation is, they finished 29th in Football Outsiders metrics last year. They were the, one of the worst teams in the league, according to st- statistical analysis. And that same analysis predicts them to fall off in a major way this year because they were so lucky in close games. And yet, people like Ian Rappaport, other NFL insiders, when they talk to their coaches, 
when they talk to their players, they believe this is the most stacked team Bill O'Brien's had. Mm. They think they are loaded this year. They think they're playoff bound and, and a Super Bowl contender. So Defense looks great on paper. The, no the expectations are really high among that coaching staff. Which can work against you yeah. uh, if, if you don't match those expectations. J.J. Watt being fully healthy, Clowney coming into his own, and if, if Watson can play a little bit or Savage, yeah, yeah they, they can win 11 games, but it could also go the other give way. Us, give us one season, football gods. I'm usually not too huge on the Texans, but give us one season where we get healthy prime J.J. Watt and healthy prime Clowney next mm. to each other for Scary. one season. Mm. We're running out of time. Let's do it. Tom Brady shivering in the corner just thinking about it. Ooh, I would love that. Sobbing Tom Brady in his like He's got his sleep pajamas. I don't think that this scenario is happening at all. <laughs> he just turned into Brock Osweiler after an incompletion. Um, okay. Oh, I can't believe it. <laughs> that would be Tom Brady if Clowney and Watt got on the same page of dominance. Take us home, Greg. I was looking for a surprise team. How about the nation's capital, the Washington Redskins. When things blow up there, they tend to blow up fast. And I don't think Jay Gruden should be on any sort of hot seat. But this is a team I could see going sideways if things don't go right. And uh, I could see ownership making a rash move. I could see drama during the season, which puts various pressures on different factions of the team. I don't like the smell of it with cousins and everything else. We've just seen this over the last 20 years. So that's I'm basing it more on that history than Jay Gruden because I think Jay Gruden's doing a great job. Uh, uh, hello there. Anyone? <laughs> can someone call an ambulance? I get quite a lot of pain. <laughs> is Bruce Allen on the hot seat? No. I feel like Bruce Allen is the one he's the one putting people on the hot seat. He seems to have the ear of ownership. He seems to be running things. How's that working? Well any return to power. Right. I, I, I think that that probably doesn't bode well great for the head coach. I don't know how we got out of here without talking the Jets, but I think that's yeah, just, I thought, just too obvious. I thought about the Jets. I yeah. just figured, well, we've ta- we talk about them a lot. And don't, yeah, if they, they will be – everyone will be swept out if they go, you know, 1-15. Isn't that uh, the plan, though, in th- according to some? I mean – Although yeah, – uh, so Maybe that's why they're not even – you know, they're just the Jets right now. Yeah. I, West – What? No, sorry. Like Wes was saying, yeah, like why, you know, they're basically almost a relegated team right now. So I, I don't want to have to bring them up all the time. It's just they're a depressing team to talk about. Couldn't agree more. <laughs> Wes, you, you asked if Bruce Allen would be on the hot seat. That did remind me, Bruce Allen and John Gruden got fired together in a very surprising mm. move when they collapsed late in, in John Gruden's last season. So who knows? Maybe Allen and Gruden could get swept out if something like that happened. Since you brought up my team, Mark. Not being aggressive with you at all, but right. if Hugh Jackson follows up the the one and fifteen with a three and thirteen, yeah, I is think it's still going to be patience. Is the no, I think it's order of the day. No, because uh, going through that again with any one of these bad teams, it's it's fine to say oh, there's all this patience in August or at July, but but if you go through that again, Hugh Jackson could decide to leave. He got a total. I mean, yeah, the front office. The front office could go through a major shakeup. I mean, anything is possible. Style points matter for them, though. They could go four and twelve, and it could be the the type of four and twelve where people would feel good. It's a step forward. There's progress. Like you can see certain young players developing. Four and twelve might be totally fine. I think for them. depends on yeah. the owner. Some owners are are really patient. Mike Brown being the most patient owner in the NFL. Jimmy Haslam's been known to fire guys left and right. Yeah. Um. All right. There you go. Good hot butt talk, guys. Um, we will be back 
and like we said, back to three times a week. Uh, so next show is on Monday. Emma, will you be with us on Monday as well? I will not. Soli will be back. Okay. But unless you want it. <laughs> right. Do the Monday show. Just. I would love to do the Monday show, but. Yeah. Soli's going to be back. <laughs> I like the way you put Got it. it. Um, uh, okay. Well, anyway, we'll be back. Three shows next week. The w- we had been doing a Tuesday video show. That Tuesday video show is now Wednesday. So you'll get a pod Monday, Wednesday, Friday uh, for the next um, four weeks, basically five weeks through training camp and up to the start of the regular season. Uh, and then, of course, once the season starts, you'll get your Sunday night show, the flagship program here at the podcast, and maybe some big surprises in store down the line after that. But I don't want to say anything yet. Don't want to say anything. Getting excited. Some good things happening behind the scenes. That's all I want to say. Ah, mm, that's new. A little bit of bzzz, but oh wait, bloop. And I ain't talking Evan Silva. Big fish. That was big, a big fish. Hmm. That, that was a. There was a gross couple seconds there in your sound <laughs> effects that I don't want to hear again. Bloop. No. Yeah, Dan. Dan isn't. Informed us yet that he's replacing the three of us with right. Nate, Nate Burleson, right. Dan Helley, and Lindsey Rose. Amazing what buzz. A team. Amazing <laughs> buzz. Did you see my email? My personal email? I've only taken this Gmail because it's so uh, um, exclusive. Anyway, no. Good things for all of us. Triple sourced? Every time, baby. Every time. All right. Here we go. Let's go home. Thank you, Emma. You're the best. Thank you, guys. You're seriously the best. Stan Hansen signing off for Quiet Storm, the mailman, the boss, and Emma VP behind the glass. Till Monday. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Tired of pickup truck bed chaos? Meet Decked, game-changing USA-made full bed-length drawers for tools and gear. Waterproof, dustproof, lockable, secure. Whether you're working, hunting, fishing, camping, or just getting out of town. And introducing Decked Deco Cases. Tough, modular, problem-solving cases built for the truck, job site, campsite, or garage. Say goodbye to random bins and tie-downs. Order now at Decked.com slash iHeart for free shipping. Decked, your truck, your rules. Decked.com forward slash iHeart. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started.